When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And if you're Max Scherzer, I don't think that those little gimmicks that were preventing them from reaching their full potential, I don't think those fly. And if they do, then that that should really speak to how lost and how far gone this organization is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now welcome back to the throw take this is episode 250 i'll be your host kyle Corden. i'm here with my co-host nate reyes nate wow uh, 250 years old that's amazing quarter of uh what is that it's not a century quarter i have of no like, idea what do they call those thousand years quarter of a millennium quarter of a grand quarter quarter of a millennium in podcast I think that's right episodes. actually did i just pull that out of nowhere i think you so, did i think it is a millennium Wow. It's oh. safe to say I've gotten a little smarter over 250 episodes, no? Well, I mean, we oh. don't need to get carried away. Ah, ah yep. yeah. 1,000 calendar years, a quarter of a millennium in, Let's uh, go. in podcast episodes, the 3 take. Um, before we have like a little brief look back, I need to ask, it's December 1st, which means you should have started your Christmas music today. So, uh, no music has been played yet. Um, what I will say is mom was in town for Thanksgiving. She was here a full week and, uh, she decided to do a little Christmas decoration shopping. So happy to tell you that decorations went up well before December 1st. Oh, okay. That's, that's acceptable. I, uh, I'm a big, uh, I got my Charlie Brown tree. I think you know this. I don't have a full size tree. Just got my little two foot. Charlie Brown tree that I put on my kitchen counter and uh yeah she got me some weird like little like elf gnome thing with like a big pointy hat and he's got a long beard I put him next to my TV so there's a couple there's a couple things out I got a couple things going on all right all right not, not going wild but well yeah. I was just hoping you just weren't completely bone dry and then you were just like yeah also no music being played at least you got decorations up that I'll I will allow it but I just decorations know. are up I know on the graphic I put out a while back, you, I mean, I did it last year too. You said the same thing. C- clearly opinions haven't changed over the last year in terms well, of Christmas I, music. You're a December 1st guy. Then that's what is fine. The, what, can you explain to me this, this vibe that you feel like this urge of, Hey, I'm craving Christmas music right now. I need to put it on. What is the scenario? What are, what are you doing in those, those circumstances? I, I'd like to know. I'm curious. Are you driving? Are you at home? Are you in the middle of a workout? Um, you know, it's not necessarily a, a craving that I have to satisfy. It's more of just a, hey, this particular date in the year has finally gotten here. It is an acceptable time, in my opinion, to begin listening to Christmas, Christmas music. And for me, that day is November 1st. And I know people are like, oh, wow, that's early. It is early. But I grew up in a house where my mom would put up a Christmas tree in every single room, not even joking. 
there's like a little Christmas tree. Yeah, you you probably remember back in the day. Oh, I do. Yeah. Even puts like a little tiny one like you were talking about in the bathroom. Like it's it's just wild. Where she stores this stuff, I have no idea. Dude, you know, most people use their attics for like extra clothes, like old clothing or like keepsakes. 74 Christmas trees. 74 Christmas trees up in the attic and really no room in sight for anything else. (laughs) But with that said... Christmas Christmas music playing nonstop the second the trees come down from that point See, until that, even that into January. Part, that part I understand. The the actual action of I'm decorating, I'm going to put on Christmas music. That I understand. I'm trying to figure out the the space between here of like, are you walking in the gym with Michael Bublé pumping through your AirPods? I've been tempted, yes. Oh, my God. No, it doesn't. It never gets to that point. Trust me. It never gets. Maybe like the week of Christmas. Because if you think about, well, you're not really a Christmas guy, so I don't. I love Christmas. I'm just not weird about it. (laughs) What I'm saying probably doesn't make any sense to you. But you get to this point in the year where it almost feels weird to listen to anything but Christmas music. Because unless you have like your go-to genre like if you're a classic rock guy it's like okay like you get away with that but like sure being a country guy like i'm all over the place we've already talked about this i'm a country classic rock all that stuff but like certain genres kind of get weeded out in at this at this particular point in the year like country for me basically what you're telling me is that there's no gangster rap there's no hip-hop being played in the corwin household right uh no not necessarily now there are right. some well, there, okay. there are some hip hop remixes of some Christmas classics. I highly suggest people check Sure. Those Run out. DMC's got a couple. The the um I saw something on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and it made me think of you. I don't know why I didn't send it to you, but it supports your argument by saying like if you're so upset about Christmas music being played prematurely, why aren't there songs for other holidays? Yeah, like Thanksgiving, the people that Where's are like, oh, it's got to work. Yeah, where are the Thanksgiving bangers? Like, you're going to have to come up with where something. Where those at? It, they're not there. They don't exist. So Halloween? All these, all these people, Nothing. I mean, Monster Mash, how many times can you possibly listen to Monster Mash before you just want to jump off the roof? One, one Thanksgiving, time. nothing. Literally nothing. So. It's odd, right? It's a weird thing. Like you're gonna have to come up with a different angle. Of Thanksgiving. Fourth people. of July's maybe got a few, but oh, I don't know if it's Fourth of July is solid. I don't know if it's directed towards Fourth of July. It's just more of like a patriotic no, but type you can, song. You can adopt it for sure. Yeah, Christmas is the only one. It's like it's just it's a very saturated market. I think I think the first person to decide to break into the Thanksgiving holiday music, there's money to records, be made. There's, records will there's be sold, money to be baby. made. Oh, I gotta warm up the pipes. I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it by storm. I think. What do you What do you think? I mean, if people really want to get a taste of your vocal skills, go back to episode three. Nate, they're Bilt's there. Sweet Caroline, to enjoy. Don't listen to any of the rest of the episode because that it's took, garbage. That took about twelve takes, by the way. Yeah, that was excellent. Uh, but yeah, all that to say, Christmas music is supreme. Nobody should have attempted to sing Christmas music following Michael Bublé's. 2011 album because everything after that was just garbage pretty much so there's all my hot takes out of the way right out of the gate so i guess the rest of the episode will be pretty mild uh we got a lot of free agent acquisitions to talk about uh but but before we do that as i already alluded to this is episode 250 we've been doing this long there we're getting up there just wanted to take a moment to pause reflect we don't get a chance to do this 
yeah. very often because it's always during the season. We, I feel like whenever we hit these milestone type episodes or like the yeah the rather significant ones, it's it lines always, up with the busiest happenings always, always. in our in our game. Um, yeah, man, I I think you know I was kind of thinking on it today, and I don't know if I've ever really told you about this perspective, but um, as you know, I reached out to you back in 2018 when I had first moved to Arizona and obviously we've been friends forever but this was there was kind of there a gap life grows apart we're on opposite sides of the country blah 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 but I was just I saw I think on Facebook you know one of the posts that was put out at the time kind of took off and it was trending at certain points and then it you know I kind of looked at the followers and I was like I, I think I just shot you a text and I was like dude that like Nice work. Like, I think I showed this video to someone else, not even realizing that it was your page. And it was the, like the scientific breakdown of hitting a fastball yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but what's funny about it is that like, it was perfect time in my life. Uh, cause 2018 is, is I moved to Arizona and kind of like restarted my life. You know, I, I recovered from knee surgery and my parents were like, I couldn't work. So I had to let go of my lease in, in Denver. And my parents were like, just move down here and kind of get back on your feet. And that's what I did. And like, it was oddly enough, perfect timing. I don't think I've ever realized like, or told you that I needed it. You know, I needed this. I didn't know it would turn into what we have today. Right. But at that time in 2018, like, dude, I didn't have much going on. If anything, I was sad, you know, that life was starting over and I had this stupid knee issue issue and surgery recovery and stuff. So um, it's just strange kind of thinking back of how much life has developed in just those three years, a little over three years. Yeah. It's hard to think like all that's happened. Like we were on the phone talking about the other day when we were trying to plan the, the episode or playing or kind of talk through this portion of the podcast. Yeah. And we're like, well, like what are we going to cover in our look back? And you were just like, well, just think of how, how much has changed. Like you weren't even engaged. <laughs> wasn't even engaged. Yeah. I was, uh, well, I say single in the sense of being unmarried, but I mean, still yeah. married at the time. But yeah, that whole first year of the podcast, 2018, I was just riding the high of the Red Sox historical ride. I hate that it lined up that way too. It, that like it, it was such meant a to hot be. start for you. It was meant to be miserable I, for me ever since. I credit a lot of the podcast getting off the ground to that. Like you. You may not want to admit it, but like we were able to get a little extra saucy that year. It's true with one another, and I think that that helped us establish <laughs> our our a little bit yeah. of our following early on, which was which was fun. But yeah, I mean, gosh, a lot has happened, and not even just in our own lives, but like in baseball too. Like I remember we did for whatever reason one of the episodes that stands out was the the London series between the Sox and Yankees and I remember the audio quality was garbage but I was like dude we gotta we gotta do this and I have yet to listen to it again since then because it's just I'll never go back it was it was so bad but I was like I I, we can't record another episode so I'm just gonna put this crap out there anyway I mean just so much is I mean people I didn't have I don't know we didn't have microphones um, I didn't have a microphone. You had one that was just basically one of like the starter microphones. Right. I was holding my phone up. I mean, I there were points where I was going out into my car to get like the best sound quality. So there was nothing going on and there's no echo. And 
dude, I remember like holding my phone, the AirPods. We tr- we tried everything. We had to do it at night because you had construction crews working out in the front in the trucks and all this crap. There was just all kinds of stuff going on, all different things going on. It was it was wild. Yeah. So all I have to say, it's been it's been a long. It's been a challenging, as we've experienced just moments ago, that people probably won't They'll never realize know. unless we bring it up. <laughs> but just having audio issues in the middle of recordings, that's something that probably will never change, which is just, a, just never go away. It just adds character to what we do here. But like I said, 250, that's a lot. And like I was telling you, I think I was texting you, or maybe you were on the phone about it the other day, but I felt like 250, we've done it before in the past, but I feel like it's a good stopping point to maybe remind folks remind some of our our newbies some of the the people that maybe hopped on the the 30 take train this year just to kind of give them a refresh on on who we are what we do uh we've been doing this since as we talked about uh 2018 i think we started halfway through the 2018 season i think we're Um, july august range something like that yeah somewhere in there um episode one i went solo and then i was like this is the worst i never want to do this again so let me call nate and see if he wants to do it well i think you yeah you talked to me about it beforehand and you were like you know what i think i think i'm gonna see what it's like just letting you know like if you are interested but i'm gonna try this first one on my own just to see how it goes and it was wasn't it long no it wasn't too long because i had done like i made sure to do a bunch of research leading up to it and clearly the research didn't help at all but one of the things I do remember reading was like, don't make them too long. Don't make them mm-hmm. unnecessarily short. Like you can kind of have fun with it, but they're just like, don't drag it on because unless you're like a celebrity or something, people right. aren't going to want to listen to you ramble. And yet well, we get on here and ramble anyway. What's but- nuts is that like the, like nowadays when you hear a podcast start out, like it, it's, it's an introduction. They know what they're doing. They know that, Hey, this is the goal. This is what we're sticking to. When we started out, we were just like, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. We'll talk baseball. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we had. We were literally coming up with us with a new segment for every episode, and we were just like, ah, let's see if this sticks. Let's just throw this at the wall, see if it sticks. And did that for a while too. We did do that for a while. We, admittedly, we were probably a little more fun back in the day. We need to. We need to get the juices flowing again. We get. I think we're guilt or we fall victim to getting caught up in the the mundane of baseball sometimes we need to we need to keep the juices flowing but all that to say um yeah we've been doing this since mid 2018 uh nate and i go way back played baseball growing up together um since we were like three basically yeah um yeah hopped on hopped on the podcast episode one said i hated it reached out to you i was like yep as expected hated it you're coming on with me (laughs) and ever since then We've uh, we've been doing this about twice a week, every week until the off season hits, as we are in now, and we we go once a week. But just trying to give folks a little bit more of the gut take, yeah, reactions, and not so much because baseball, as we all know, is is just really trending towards numbers and analytics and and nerds and all that stuff. That if you're really honest with yourself, you're not all that interested in, but you just have to kind of learn it anyway because. Yeah, you, gotta, you feel like you got to keep up, but we're here to just talk baseball. That's what we're here to do. That's it, man. I mean, that's a perfect kind of reintroduction of just reminding people that you know it's uh, 
that we neither of us work for MLB Network. We don't have sheets of research handed in front of us every day. We don't, you know, have people in our ear giving us tidbits while we're, you know, recording for you guys. This is we're we're like you, honestly. I think that's the easiest way of saying it. We we're like you listeners that we're curious about certain things. We argue about certain things. And, you know, we pay attention to what pops up on social media or what, you know, our updates are hitting us with notifications, you know, from Bleacher Report or whatever it may be. You know, there's that's we're just like you. So I like to think we don't think we're any better or any lesser than anyone else. We just love our game and we're here to talk about it as much as we can, I guess. Well, I mean, in the spirit of looking back on these 250 episodes, I'm sure you do recall the time when a number of our listeners pointed out the fact that we do in fact have baseball reference pages. Ah, that's right. So to say that we're not any better than our listeners, that's that's a stretch because we did apparently play professional baseball at one point yeah. or another in like Guadalajara or something. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. It was like less than 50 episodes in. I think you started putting out quote graphics and stuff on Instagram. Oh, I was getting real spicy and people were like, who is, who is this Kyle kid? I'm just like a nobody really. And they're like, well, your stats are trash. So no wonder you didn't make it. And it's like, well, I, they were like, Kyle had an ERA of seven through 17 innings in some random Mexico league. Guadalajara. Nah, dude, that's, I gotta look this up now. (laughs) You know Uh, what? Let's, let's, each pull up our page because now I'm curious. That was that was one of the best like early themes of those early episodes. Kyle Corwin Independent League. I was a starting pitcher and a right fielder, so <laughs> I was the Shohei Otani before there was a Shohei Otani. So I mean, what what more can I say? <clears throat> no, I played in the Tijuana League in 2010. Nice. So as a sophomore in high school, I was skipping class to go go take the bump in Tijuana. That a boy. It didn't do a very good job though. I went 0 and 6 apparently with an ERA of 12.75. Tough. Tough. Um I actually killed it, but I'm apparently 5'10, mm. 168 pounds. <laughs> and uh we I'm both a left-handed, left-handed magician. Uh, I was also born in 1976 if you're curious. That was the best part. It's like <laughs> these people did not take a second to look at our faces and go, eh, it probably doesn't match up. Oh, man. I played one year in the Pioneer League in 1997 and then spent Dude, the rest of my go. career in Mexico. Yeah. Dude, congrats, man. That's big But time. I had a career ERA of 251, so get at me. The fact that you didn't get picked up by a squad, that's just <laughs> got overlooked, man. Oh, man, that's so funny. No, just kidding. Career, uh, that was just the Pioneer League. If you included Mexico, I had an ERA of 528. Okay. So, got beat up a little bit. Not interested in talking about you anymore. So, (laughs) that's where we are. Shout out Uh, to any of you that remember that phase of the podcast when people were just calling calling us out for our baseball reference pages. But, uh, I mean, I think what's cool is that, like, now it's for us, it's turned into, you know, we've, We've now gone to new stadiums. We've seen places together. Um, we've gone to, you know, a couple games together. We've met some of our listeners at certain points. Some of you have been gracious enough to say, hey, when you're in our city, check this out. Some of you bought us beers. Um, it's just, it's gotten to that point. My, uh, what's funny is that my sister was telling me on Thanksgiving that 
she uh, her boyfriend played baseball and he listens to us um and someone commented on our on one of our posts or said something and he responded he's like i'm dating nate's sister and they're like what like nate coached me in high school and it's just (laughs) like these people like it's just funny how the it's kind of spread and it's been a small world at the same time, but it's been fun, man. And shout out to everyone that, you know, has done our fantasy baseball stuff. And, Oh, I can't wait. Oh man. 2022 revenge tour. We've done done cool stuff, man. We've done fun giveaways. We've done things. And, um, I don't know. I think I'd like to think that you and I would be here no matter the number of listeners or no matter who's listening, but, you guys definitely make it better. You give us that bonus. You give us feedback. You call us out when we're wrong. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It reminds me of exactly what I said earlier. We're just like you. We like baseball. We like talking about it. We try not to be anything bigger than that. And maybe someday we will be, but as of right now, just one of the boys. Just one of the boys like baseball. And we like talking about it and talking about it we shall because my friend Nate, we have like probably 300 free agent transactions to talk Holy about here. Holy smokes. Things kicked off quickly last week. Were you a fan of the unofficial trade deadline, if you will, but for free agents? No, I don't like any of this. I don't like anything that's happened so far. Why don't oh. you like it? Just env- embrace the chaos. This has I been think awesome. I would like it. I think I would like it if we weren't in the middle of a CBA negotiation. That's year. the part of the chaos. Just embrace it. Ugh. I'm happy for these guys that are figuring out where they're going to be playing next year ahead of the lockout. I am too. I get that for sure. Get that. I think I'd feel differently if my team specifically did something. If they weren't sleeping through all this. Well, but, I mean, you guys did. You didn't you like DFA or no? You. Tr- gave away Rugnet Odor or something like you guys are, you guys are making moves. You guys are really making moves that are going to help you next year. Cleared Truly. out some clutter, I guess. And you guys made the decision to, I guess, keep Gary for another year. So, I mean, dude, don't remind me top of the list in terms of teams making the best moves right now. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. You guys are killing it. Meanwhile, the Red Sox are just making moves because everyone else is. <laughs> Dude, like, I, oh, we were, uh, 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 we'll sign him. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's pitched in the league for over 15 years. Yeah. What, who wouldn't want a seasoned veteran like that? Kyle and Nate talk about presence in the, <laughs> in the clubhouse all the time. So naturally we got to go out and get these guys. No, Just bring in four of them. We were getting, <laughs> we were getting ready for this recording and, uh, we got the notification that they signed Rich Hill and I'm going, this would have been cool. Like three years ago, maybe. But I don't need this. We signed Waka. We signed uh, who was the other Paxton. One? Paxton. Wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't a fan of any of those moves, really. Like Waka, I was like, okay, maybe we can get something out of that. But like Paxton does nothing for me, and Rich Hill does absolutely nothing for me. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. We're not talking any more Red Sox this no. podcast, okay? And there's nothing to say for the Yankees, so it <laughs> doesn't matter. Yankees are, I mean, we're signing like old old farts but Yankees are literally doing nothing so I mean Just keep hitting snooze on the alarm that's all they're doing it's like Jim when he's sitting there in Michael's office he's like you got to do something but you can't just sit there that's literally <laughs> Cashman right now just sitting there waiting uh but speaking of American League East Stephen Matz decided to dip out he is headed to the St. Louis Cardinals let's just say 
we can we can blame this chaos on Steven Matz and his manager. Is that fair? Yeah. Because all we, all we got was some cryptic tweet 10 minutes after the Matz signing happened. And Steve Cohen's like, I've never been around something so disrespectful in business in my life. Some garbage like that. Like words mean nothing or something. Yeah. Whatever. And then he woke up the next day and just chose absolute violence, violence with the checkbook, bro. I will sign everyone. Dude, you got to respect it. Like Uncle Stevie, he's like, you don't want to come here? Fine. I'll sign literally the best free agent pitcher on the market. That's cool. Ultimate flex on a lot of things, dude. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. They basically, yeah, Steven Matz, is, it's it's his fault this happened. I don't know who his manager is or uh, who, who his agent is, but I blame them. I mean, I, I thank them, actually. I don't, I don't blame them for anything. I, I thank them for getting getting this uh, ball rolling yeah. because this has been fun to watch. Yeah. Honestly, as far as the deal goes, I okay. <laughs> it doesn't get me that fired up. Uh, I, I don't From know. From what it sounds like, a lot of these deals make you feel that way because through the first, what, like eight transactions of this flurry of moves, you I, would te- I texted you about it and you're just like, yeah, I hate it. I hate all of these landing spots. <laughs> I, I hate everything about this. I'm just like, I don't understand the 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 hatred for what's going on right now. This has been great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, good for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals needed to add some depth. Um, and he, I mean, he's coming off a pretty decent year. You know, he had 150 innings. Um, three eight two. Yeah, like it, I would take that. That's a three or four meh, four starter. That's a four good five starter. So some depth. No, he's. I looked at the projected rotation. He's going to slide there in the middle because I think, I think, uh, friend well, of the barring pod, any other potential signings. True, true. But I think uh, friend of the pod, Michaelis, is rounding out that rotation. So I think he's going to slide and he's, somewhere. He's there coming the off of basically nothing last year. He's yeah. hurt all year. So yeah, I, it's solid. I guess. How do we feel about uh, Chris Taylor coming back to the Dodgers? I don't. Th- do we know the details of that deal yet? Uh, it, I still it haven't heard it. It just says they're in agreement. Um, necessary. How, how is it? Well, before we get into it, how is it that there's such a disconnect when it comes to stuff like this? Like we saw how it how it played out on a national scale at the deadline this past season with thinking Scherzer was a Padre for about what like six six hours. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't understand how there's such a disconnect. Like Ken Rosenthal tweeted, uh, "Want to get the timestamp stamp right here." Tweeted four hours ago. Looks like it's going on five hours ago. Chris, free agent, super utility man, Chris Taylor and the Dodgers are in agreement pending a physical, according to a major league source. And it's now four slash five hours later, and we don't have an official word on that. Yeah, I don't know. Where is the disconnect? And why does this happen seemingly so frequently? You're asking the wrong guy. I'm asking the wrong guy. Well, you you said you got smarter over these last handful of years. I didn't know. Not with that. Not with that. I didn't know if you picked up any any knowledge there. But no, not with that. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, if it if it does happen, if it is locked up, uh, necessary. And this reminds me of Kike Hernandez. Oddly enough, um, I think the Dodgers let him go, and they watched him have a massive impact for the Red Sox over the postseason. Speaking and of which, I think it's okay. just that same category of guy of a player. I lied. One more note about the Red Sox. Last note about the Red Sox. Uh, I was 
I was looking, I was just browsing online for for maybe a little small Christmas gift for a Yankee friend of mine. Um oh. and and uh I happened to come across the clearance page on on the Yankees website and they have What'd you get? I, I didn't get it, but if you're interested, they have two th- 2021 postseason built for October shirts for the Yankees. I think they're running. I think they're only going for like six bucks right now. Perfect. If you want to snag one, nice. It was a great deal. It's a great deal for I would imagine a great product. So I feel like maybe 12 of those shirts were sold in that one day of us being able to decide if they were getting in or not. Anyway, anyway, Chris Taylor, great, great. Re-edition, just, I guess it had say, it had to happen. You couldn't let that slide. You saw what he did in the postseason. You see what he can do. And sure, if you look at the overall regular season numbers, you're not going to see a superstar. I don't think he's ever going to reach that status. But he is what every manager hopes to have, is that you can write him in somewhere every day. And he's going to be a professional. And he's going to play hard. And he's going to get everything you got that, that's what you need. Every manager wants that. So good for the Dodgers because that needed to happen. And as far as the Kike reference goes, I mean, the, how many times are they going to let it happen? Jock, right? They let him move on. He goes and does his thing. Kike, let him move on. He goes and does his thing. Um, there's certain guys that just have that energy that it's the way they play. It may not even be specifically about numbers in the end. It's just the way they play and what they're able to do. Yeah, I mean, they're not necessarily, like you said, Chris Taylor's not a superstar, but in his own way, he is, though, because he can do things that most other guys that he's playing with or against can't do, and that's bounce around to just about anywhere at any point, and you're going to get above-average performance out of Chris Taylor every time, regardless where he's at. And yeah, above so average, uh, above average defense, a professional at bat, and you don't care. He doesn't care where he's at in the lineup. Doesn't matter. Yeah, so I mean, he's not going to be, he's never going to be reeling in these three hundred million plus checks. No, but he's going to provide you what you need. And P- fan, that's the thing. Fans of baseball, the fans that aren't the diehards and don't understand how the game works, they just want to see flash all the time. They want to see these big yeah. contracts. They want to see the the blank checkbooks, the the mega superstars, you can't win baseball games without guys like Chris Taylor. And I'm yeah. not trying to take any I don't think either of us are trying to take anything away from him and saying he's just like your your no. your poor man utility man. But No, but he is at the at the he's top of the list for that category. I mean talking dude crushes it in his role. DJ LeMayhew, Kike Hernandez, those kinds of guys, I mean they're he's up there. He's right up there at the top of the list. Right at the top. Um, transitioning here to probably what I would consider one of our favorite players in baseball right now, uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, signed with the Chicago Cubs. And as we were recording this particular episode, we got the notification that it was a three-year deal worth $71 million. I think the reason it was a delay is because he self-reported it on Twitter. I, but I wouldn't really, know that because we're blocked on Twitter. So <laughs> it's funny how these things work. I just don't. Yeah, I. Good luck. I. I don't know, man. It's look. I'm not going to knock any of these moves that we're going to be talking yeah. about in terms of the team that they're going to because you have the like these bad teams need 
players that can provide them talent yeah in order to get better so it's like yeah it'd be great if you could go to the dodgers every year yeah you, for sure too but no like and you I can't think, knock the the destination i think if there is a if there is some type of insight in a little peek behind the curtain specifically with this contract i think it's noticing the aav and i would say this could be a hint that i know we're about to go into a lockout but a part of the agreement was a floor of spending for these teams, a certain amount of salary that they have to pay out. Cubs aren't spending a whole lot of money on anybody. So, yeah, you may look at that and say, what is it, $23.5 million? A little bit of an overspend on a Marcus Stroman. But if that floor is going to be raised and created for these teams having to spend money, maybe it does make sense. What is that, AV? I'm struggling right now. 71 over 3, that would be... There you go. Pull out the trusty cap. God, it really sets in at times. 23.6. <clears throat> it really sets in at times like this that I have not done anything math-related since college. I used the Pythagorean theorem today. No, you no, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Did you really? No. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. I mean, you ready for this take? Hmm. can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't think that's necessarily an overpay. What makes you feel that way? I just, you know, I'm I'm very much of the belief, and I people would be familiar with this take of mine when it comes to the whole Bryce Harper conversation. People can say, well, he's not worth his contract. Um, sir or madam, please reference the article that came out, surfaced shortly after Bryce Harper announced he was coming to the Phillies, and tell me what record he broke in terms of jersey sales, and tell me that that act alone didn't make the contract worth it. And look at what he's done since then. Like it to me, a guy like Marcus Stroman is going to bring you more than what he can do on the mound. He's going to bring you the, the talking points, albeit more times than not in a negative sense, but he's at least going to have, he's going to bring that buzz. He's going to attract the, 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 the segment of your fan base that likes Stroman and the type of player that he is and what he and his antics and all that and so with that you're going to get the the merch sales I I mean if he can replicate what he did or what he's done recently that's good enough in itself but you add on those other things that I talked about I don't necessarily think it's an overpay well here's the argument is that and I'm sure Cubs fans are looking at this in a similar way if you're willing to give up 23 million dollars a year why why didn't you just extend Rizzo I think Rizzo would have taken that contract in a heartbeat. Three years, 71? Yeah, but don't, you, I think the Cubs hit the panic button because they were on that decline like real quick, right? Isn't that why they decided to sell? Because there for a minute we're like, the Cubs might even squeak into the postseason, and then they sure, just hit I mean, a wall, and then they're like, yeah, oh, we need to get value for what we can. If we're directly talking about you know the overall 2021 season, sure. But what what do you value more? You know, are are we looking to hold on to those faithful guys, those guys that belong in this uniform for the rest of their career? I'm not saying they should have held on to Chris Bryant. I'm not saying they should have held on to Javi Baez. But what I am saying is that if you're willing to fork out twenty three million dollars a year for only three years, I guarantee Rizzo would have said yes to that. And I guarantee Cubs fans would have preferred that money going towards Rizzo over Stroman. So that's my only argument as far as overpay, and it's directly 
speaking to the Chicago Cubs. As far as value for Stroman, I mean, he, he eats innings, he stays healthy, um, and he had a you know he had a, a ERA around three last year. I I think he did pretty well. You know, he's going to be in that 150 to 170 innings every year. It's a solid option. Plays really good defense. Comes with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I get it. A little. The biggest chip of any chip it's ever chip. put on someone's shoulder. There's a whole bag of Pringles and tortilla chips. Bro, and it's like the family size, party size pack of Tostitos scoops, my guy. Scoops, huh? Like one of those ones that holds salsa. He's got a. He's got a. I do like those. Those are underrated. Yeah, he's got a party size Tostito on his shoulder that's full of salsa. That's how oh. big the chip is. All right, it's a big chip. And then maybe for those a little, who, like, who don't know, by the way, I know we talked about this in the 250 recap, looking back over the days or whatever. Um, we, we lied to you. We're a food podcast. This just happens to be our baseball episode. Yeah, like it just lined up. It was like, man, how can we really celebrate this 250 milestone? Like, what better way <laughs> to do that than talk about food? But then we're like, well, a lot has happened in baseball. So I guess we're just going to have to take the L on this one and hope that maybe 300 or maybe episode 500, there's not much going on. And then we can talk about food or uh, croquet or oh. or crochet. It's been a while since we talked about uh, Fernando. Nope. I don't remember his name. You don't remember his name. man. Sebastian DiVitella. (laughs) Sebastian DiVitella. How could I forget? MVP of the the Northampton Red Sweaters. It's got to be something. There's got to be another letter. Croquet League isn't good enough. National Croquet. International Croquet League. The ICL. The ICL. Perfect. Nailed it. Everyone's ending this episode or cutting this off right about Give him now credit man uh yeah it's riveting that's a big chip on a little guy all right we didn't need to bring his height into it we didn't need to bring his height man that's that's just that's a little it's a low blow or i guess yeah i guess i should say that's a little low <laughs> you didn't need to bring up the fact that he's five eight nate come on guy like that's just, <laughs> in cleats that, disrespectful disrespectful realistically he's five seven maybe five six uh Kevin Gosman. My guy. My guy. Is he your guy? I didn't know you're a big Kevin Gosman guy. Or no, been, you had him in I've fantasy, been, didn't you? I've been rooting for him since high school, man. I played against him in, in high school. That's right. That's right. You've, t- you've told this story. Lighting me up as a sophomore in high school when he was a senior. Just pumping 97. Insane. Um, Awesome. Great signing. Um, Probably had a career year last year with the Giants. And... I'm honestly a little surprised the Giants didn't push to bring him back. I'm a little surprised. Um, but I'm happy for him. And I think it's a great fit in Toronto. I did see that he is wearing 34 to yes. um, to honor basically Roy honor Roy Halladay. 32 is what Roy Halladay wore in Toronto, but he wore 34 in Philly. So 34 is available. And if you guys didn't know, Roy Halladay is also a Colorado kid. Just like Kevin Gosman. Oh, okay. So Didn't I think a little that. bit of the connection there. But um yeah, I mean it's just a scary rotation that they're building. Um they extended Barrios and I think they're letting um I'm assuming Ryu is gonna stay in that two spot. He's I don't know he's getting up there in age, which pushes Gosman to three and Manoa to four. Gosman and 
in the three slot? I would say so. Maybe would you put him over Ryu? I like the I like the alternating. If you get those guys in a series, I don't want back to back days where the pitcher is so similar. I feel like Barrios and Gosman are pretty similar with a lot of nasty movement and hard. Where Ryu is kind of that craft, got that yeah. craft going with Ryu. But ugh, I don't know, dude. I'm a little nervous. We were texting about this last week, and you're not so nervous, but I'm getting nervous with the Blue Jays. I'm not nervous about the Blue Jays yet. I'm not nervous because you're over there saying that you think Bo Bichette's going to hit like 60 home runs next year, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, here's a hot take. I'll lay one out for you right now. Okay, lay it on me. Bo and Vladdy will combine for – they'll combine for 75. How many did Vladdy have this year? Pause. Please hold. 48. So if he did that again, that only leaves – Fine. I'll raise it to 80. They'll get 80. I, here, I'm I thinking – I texted you that, that they're both 40-40 guys. I thought I'm, you were going to come not out 40, and say 40, like 95 or something. I, I, they'll get 40 each. 40-40. So I'll, I'll go bros. that they – Yeah. That's a big jump for Bo, but I think it's there. I do had, think it's he there. He had what this year? 26? Nine, 28? I think. 28? It's high 20s. 28? 29. 29. Okay. I mean, yeah. They'll be good. They'll be good. No, Was that? Not, not that's 77 that. right there already. And you said what? 75? I'll go. All right. We'll raise it. Here's, we'll raise it here's one a hot final take. time. Nine. Here's a, here's a hot take. Their Nate home run total, <laughs> their their home run total next year is going to be lower than it was this year. Yeah, no, I'm going ninety. That's what you were saying by saying seventy five. Uh, yeah, ninety. That's that's pretty bold. That's real bold. Give me ninety, bro. Ninety. That means uh, what? 85? Vladdy, eighty. Can we settle at eighty five? I no, said eighty. I'm trying to do the math here on ninety. Vladdy obviously takes the cake there, so give him fifty. You think Bo's got to hit 40? Uh, All right, let's settle at 85. How many? Done. Did, we'll get to Simeon here in a minute, but how many does Simeon have this year? 40-something. All right. I mean, I just don't see Bo hitting 40. 45. Sorry. I'll settle at 85 total. No, I... mind for 85. I think 90 is a hot take. I mean, I think you're getting a little more on the mild side. No, 85. I want to go 85. There you go. All right. Going for accuracy here, not for the... The, the only reason the I'm dropping back a little bit just because you can associate a, quite a few home runs to Bo uh, in Buffalo, that little ballpark they were playing in in right true. center. So, yeah, I'm going to say 85. True. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Blue Jays, job well done. Smart. They're doing the right things, except yep. letting, letting dudes walk that shouldn't walk. Letting Robbie Ray go, the Cy Young winner. 30-year-old sign for a five-year, $115 million deal with the Mariners. The Mariners. I think that's a really great deal. Yeah, I do too. Because that comes out to what? 24. Nope, 23. Ah. 23, I mean, for a reigning Cy Young winner. I'm okay with it. Very okay with it. Here's a question for you. Great for the Mariners. Here's a question. He has an opt-out after the third year. Does he take it? No. because I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no just because the Mariners are going to be in full swing after Let's three years. Go. Ma- Let's go Mariners. Let's go Mariners. No. They're going to be in full swing in about three years. Everything's going to be falling into place. But what this says to that city, we just went and got the AL Cy Young. We're going. We're ready. So start showing up to games because we mean business 
from the jump. We ain't waiting until the last week. Here's a take, and I had a vision. It just came to me. You ready for this? I'm ready. You say they're going to be in full swing in three years. I say they're going to be in full swing in two. And that third year is going to be a year where, similar to this year, where they get a real strong taste of what it could be like, and that's what leads him to say, I'm staying after the third year. Okay. It just came to me in a, in a flash. That's what's going to happen. I see. Mark it down. Okay. Set a reminder in your phone for three years from now. Yeah. Do you? Th- I mean, can you safely say they're controlling that division by that point? I mean, I don't see Houston maintaining the grip that they've had on the division. I think that's safe to say. Um, the Angels, I'm never going to be a believer in the Angels. Ever. Ever. It's fair. Come back to this in 10 years. <laughs> Episode 963. Nope. Not a not a fan. Not a believer. Um I but, mean it seems like the A's are basically on the verge of throwing in the towel next year. Cleaning I mean, house. We are missing a team in that conversation that uh we're gonna get oh we're gonna get to. You wanna talk about I think the Mariners noise, are closer, but noise in the division. Uh before we get to that though, got a couple more here before we transition to the Rangers of Texas. Byron Buxton. What was that deal for? Seven years, a hundred mil. If if you're looking at the twins, I would say good deal. If you're looking at Byron Buxton, I'm scratching my head a little bit. Why? What what are the twins doing to show, hey, we're gonna build around you and this is what we're trying to do? I can't figure the twins out. I have no idea. I the way you feel about the Angels is the way I feel about the twins. They will never do anything for me. Well, for I'm the sorry. record, I feel about the Twins the same way you feel about the Twins. I just also happen to feel the same way about the Angels. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't know what they're doing or what they think they can do. And again, it's it's just weird. I, I don't understand the appeal. I never will. But the thing that you can look at and say is that it's somewhat of a tradable contract. If he does sure. start to pop off, if he does start to finally live up to that potential and stay healthy... That's a tradable contract, and he's 27, right? Yeah, I mean, the the injuries thing is real, though. He's only played more than 100 games just once, so that's cause for concern. But Yeah. You look at the tools, and you look at everything, and it's like he jumps off the page scouting-wise. You know what he's capable of doing. He started to find power this year before he got hurt. If he can start to put that into the game, uh, yeah, that guy can be a real threat. I just don't know. I don't see him playing any differently defensively. Is he going to stop laying out for balls? Stop crashing into walls? A center fielder is a center fielder through and through. Those guys don't change. You can put him in the corner. He's still going to go all out. It's weird, but I never see him playing 140. He's always going to be that guy. That actually is exactly how many games he appeared in in 2017. 140 games. I hope he does. The game is better when he's playing and he's playing at the level he started to play at last year. I just hate that he does it in Minnesota. I don't see the appeal Agreed. of Minnesota. Not Agreed. not because of their on-field product as much. Well, yes, that. But just Minnesota as a whole. Like the stadium I just feel like is <laughs> massive. It just feels I just feel like it always looks like it's super cold there. I mean, I know it's always super cold there, but even not even being there, just looking at the the yeah. Ballpark on TV. It's just like, that just looks like an uncomfortable place to play. Yeah. And it's not really a, a baseball city at all. I'm sure fans know, will disagree, man. but I, I don't get it either. I'm not a believer. 
And he put out the graphic to I think it was like today or yesterday where he was like, "No place I'd rather be." It's like I get you have to say that for the fans and the organization, but you can't honestly feel that way, right? Minnesota, come on. Hmm. I'm not trying to knock Minnesota for any any listeners that may may <laughs> hail from there, but I just don't get it. Seven years. Yeah, like I said, tradable contract. I think it was a way of keeping the AAV down. I just don't understand why he'd want to stick around. I think when you at, at in hindsight it's 2020, but if you were to say if you were to offer up that contract and say he would sign that contract, and you would offer that to other teams, saying, "Hey, this is what he'll settle for. This is what he'll sign." There's contenders that would absolutely put out 100 100 mil for him. Gut reaction: Go. Say he pops off. They say we're shipping you out of here. Oh no! But wait though. Wait a second. He had a full no trade clause in the deal. Really? Well, I mean, he could still waive that. Sure. But, I mean, I think it just speaks to this whole no place I'd rather be thing. So, maybe maybe he wouldn't. Yeah, I think he'd, uh, I don't know. I think he could waive that. If that, hypothetically, I would say Philly. Said that last year. I said that last year before we got hurt. I thought it would be a great fit. I like that. Some real athleticism at the top of that lineup. Um, Considering, you know, the heart of the lineup's not exactly moving between Hoskins and Rio Muto and guys like that. Rice can move pretty well, but like some athleticism in front of those guys. Whoa. Love that. Speaking of athleticism, Javi Baez, six-year, 140 mil deal with the Tigers. What does this do for you, Nate? Does this get you feeling all warm and fuzzy or no? It depends. What Javi Baez are we going to get? Are we going to get the 2021 Chicago Cubs version or the 2021 New York Mets version? Because New York Mets version spanned out over 162. Look out. That dude would do some stuff. I got the splits here for you. 91 games in Chicago. He hit 248 and struck out 131 times during that span. When he went to New York, hit 299, slash 299, 371, 615 with nine homers and 22 ribbies in 47 games for the Mets. Playing How many the strikeouts? At second base. Uh, he had... 184 strikeouts last season. I don't have the New York strikeouts, so what is that? 184 minus 131. He had 53 strikeouts. Cut down significantly. If that math adds up. We got people correcting us for math, by the way. Like It used used to be a thing where people would reach out and say, hey, uh, you got this team wrong or you got this, like, trade destination wrong or something just minor. But now it's like, hey – uh, this math just doesn't add up. And it's like, well, we're a food podcast. <laughs> Get off our backs. So, like, what What do you expect from us? Anyway, to your point, yes. Which hobby buyers are they going to get? Yeah. In terms uh, of the destination, I love it. I do too. Let's start to build the buzz a little bit in Detroit. You the, were on that train last year. You these told are, them. You told everybody they're coming. These are my boys. That's that's who I'm, who I'm riding um, with. I love what Javi Baez could potentially learn from Miggy. And we talk about bat-to-ball skills and overall one of the greatest hitters Oof, of all time. Great point. Maybe he can learn some things. Maybe there's ways of changing his game a little bit to cut down on those strikeouts and replicate what he did with the Mets. Um, but it brings some some swagger. It brings that chip on the shoulder to a team that's up and coming. Um, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And now we know that if he does start to um, maybe lose some range as he gets into the 30s, 
and starts to, you know, lose a little bit of that magic, he can play a different position in second base. So I like that a lot. Smart move by the Tigers. Um, And I think notably A.J. Hinch just can handle those types of guys. You know, he's in Houston with Correa, and there's those guys that love and, and excel in the spotlight. It makes sense. It just makes sense. I don't think they're done. I think there's more they can do. But there's young guys that they're going to be able to build around, and they're coming. And it makes it somewhat of an attractive place moving forward, even if they don't make another big splash this offseason. Sure. Maybe they get to next offseason, and they've gone you know, in the positive direction, win-loss record-wise. They can say, hey, Javi's here. He's not going anywhere. This is our guy. You know, This is what we're trying to build around, and it may take some time to let those young guys start to mold into what they're going to be. And it could be an attractive landing spot for someone else. Maybe a Nick Castellanos reunion. I don't know. Well, speaking of the Javi Baez isn't going anywhere, he does have an opt-out after the second season. So if that plan were to play out, if for whatever reason they don't make any more moves and they kind of punt to making more moves next offseason, they need to figure it out quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Sure. Not a lot of time. Yeah, I'm sure the guys that are there right now are going to want to see things happen and happen quick based on the potential for buzz, the potential for success in the near future. Well, what that means is that there's young guys that are going to get a chance and they're going to, we're going to see if Akil Badu is real. We're going to see if, uh, what's his name? Green, the right fielder is going to be real. Spencer, Spencer Torkelson. Guys like that, they're going to get tossed in. They're going to go right into the deep end starting next year. And I think you're right. The with Casey if Mize. you have exactly if you have AJ Hinch and you bring in a Javi Baez, we're pressing the gas. We're going to see what these young guys can do. If they can't get it done or if they're not ready yet, expect the Tigers to go fill those holes. But it's either going to be a boom or bust kind of season, I think, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I know too. Looking at this Javi Baez situation, I know you and I have. We, we've we played both sides of the coin. Like There's been times where we've been real high on Javi Baez, and then w- with the shenanigans with the Mets, it was like it's really hard to root for this guy right now. So we've kind yeah. of been on both sides of it. But overall, I, I honestly do really like this move. I think, I think to your point, you got Miggy there. there. There are guys that I think Javi will mesh really well with, and having Hinch at the helm I think is key. I think if it was anybody else, it's like, uh, we we'll see, but I think you can go into that for certain, knowing that Hinch will keep that under control. I think so too. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's just they're building something, and I like what they're starting to put together. Sorry, I'm just trying to find firm that guy I was thinking. Oh, uh, the name the name you were blanking on? Yeah, was it Green? I feel like that last. All right, so it looks like we have while you're looking that up, looks like we have the uh, details on on the Chris Taylor deal. It was four years, 60. Was it four? I can't, I'm having trouble finding the years. Yeah. Four years, 60. Four years, 60. Love it. I um, can't find this guy. He's a prospect either way. He's coming up soon. I don't know if he's on the 40 man yet. Speaking of coming up, let's talk about the team we've been waiting to talk about. Nate, the Texas Rangers just dropping like what a billion dollars over the course of a few days. I don't know how I feel about this stuff. I love it. I don't know. I absolutely love it. I tell you what, of all the teams we talked, we just got done talking about a team that I'm excited to watch and to follow moving forward, Detroit Tigers. 
of all of the teams that have made moves, and I know it's a it's an obvious pick. It's like, oh, they spent so much money. I get that. But just in terms of the the disconnect between what they've done and how fans are still viewing them, mm-hmm. I'm here for that. I, whenever there's an opportunity like this for a team to just completely silence the noise, I'm here for it. And the Rangers have done exactly that. And I, honestly, I don't think they're done. Like it sounds crazy to say, but I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done either because the rotation still needs help. And if you think John Gray is going to be at the top of it, sorely mistaken. I mean, I don't know. We we just kind of lightly broke down the the future of that division over the next few years, and there's zero reason as to why the Rangers, yes, the Rangers who lost what a hundred plus last year, why they won't be in the conversation, why they won't have a return to relevance in the near future with the move save. I think so. I I think you're right. I don't think they're done. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know how I feel. I really don't. I, I feel like there's so much more they have to do. And I'm curious to see how they feel about spending. Are they just going to continue down this? We'll give everybody this big of contracts kind of thing. Um, go get, go get Rodon, go add him, go get Castellanos. I just love seeing a team that's not afraid to spend and they're not sitting there it's true. I, crying, I definitely agree. Crying poverty. Like no, I, I agree. I'm here for this. This is how brand baseball, new stadium. Let's yes. let's get this going. Let's start filling these seats, selling some jerseys. Um, yeah, I agree. It's how I, a team should be run. I I minus just the losing, but I'm curious to see if it really impacts their overall record. How much will it really impact their record? Well, I mean, we already kind of touched on it briefly. You got John Gray, four year, fifty six mil deal. with um with the club uh is coming to the rangers after spending seven seasons with the rockies uh this past year was eight and 12 with a four five nine uh, which happened to be which happens to be his uh, career ra uh had 157 k's and 149 innings marcus Semyon, a name that obviously made headlines the 31 year old had a seven year 175 million dollar deal uh coming off just an incredible incredible year hit 45 bombs as we already mentioned uh slash 265 334 538 all as a second baseman like yeah good Looks for like you it'll dude be a spot moving forward um what do you think of kiner falefa does he slide to third base do they trade him i mean he had a pretty good year last year gold glove defender yeah yeah i mean stays healthy I feel like you can bounce Semyon around if you need to, right? Can Semyon play? Th- Has he played third? Not that I know of. I mean, I I would if you're making those moves, you don't you don't say, "Hey, we're gonna hop you back and forth." We're just gonna say you're our second baseman for the next seven well, years. Well, the Blue Jays quite literally did that. They said, "Hey, we're gonna sign you, but we're gonna stick you in at second base." Understandable. I think that was more of a a weirder thing to do, just because Bo Bichette wasn't really established quite yet. We know Corey Seager. Everybody oh, knows Corey Seager. We know Corey Seager, who is, by the way, 27 years old. I, I still can't fathom the fact that we're older than Corey Seager. He's yeah. just out here winning World Series MVPs like it's yeah. nothing, and we're just sitting here well, running a food podcast. I think I, I like what they're doing. I just don't want them to chase money. I don't want them to chase the seats and the jersey sales. I want them to get after some dubs. And I want them to continue to fill the holes that they have. 
Um, but don't be surprised if they go get another flashy name. I personally could see Clayton Kershaw go in there. Dallas kid, go home. You already got a teammate there in Seager. It just kind of makes sense. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that hometown point up. I feel like that has been is it just me or has that as has that been overplayed? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Because I keep hearing it like sure. with Freddie Freeman, who is yet to sign as of nine forty PM Eastern on Wednesday. Um people are saying, Well, he's a because he's a California kid, right? Yeah. And they're saying, well, it just makes sense for him to go to the Dodgers. I'm going, yeah, but if you spend your, like, if you're a guy and you're the guy at a place that's not necessarily your hometown, because rarely do guys get to call their hometown team their actual employer. It's like, I don't think that that necessarily ha- carries the weight. I don't think it does. People for think guys, it does. I don't think it does for the guys that are in their prime. But when sure. you're talking Kershaw, not in his prime. Right, but even then, you, you you are a Los Angeles Dodger, like through and through. I don't care. I don't care where you're born. It, he is a Dodger. I, I, it's too cut and dry for me. Like there's I people trying to make sense. I, of I like, mean, we well, look at Tom did. Seaver and we say he's a Met, but he wasn't there forever. You know. I mean, I get it. I'm just saying. I don't. I really think the hometown thing is being overplayed. It's like these guys do. That's go just home something I could times. see. Uh, Kind of ending on on a certain note between California and Texas, I did read that because of taxes, the Dodgers. What it, uh, Seager got three twenty five, three twenty five over ten. Yeah, the Dodgers matching that, including taxes, would have had to go four hundred one to Ooh. match that offer because of taxes. Ooh, because there's no income tax in Texas, right, bro? Have you seen? You're on TikTok, right? I'm not. I am not on TikTok. TikTok. Or Instagram Reels, for that matter. Everyone's trying to get me there. I'm seeing some of the places you can buy in Texas for, like, pennies. (laughs) It's wild. I'm thinking about it. Why not? Unbelievable. Anyway. Anyway. Corey Seager, as we mentioned. Corey Corey Seager just bought up all those places you saw on TikTok, though. They're all gone. (laughs) And still has money left over. 325 mil over 10. Uh, Fractured his hand last year. Um, but as we all know, tore it up after he came back, had an OPS of 1.019 and had 28 extra base hits over his last 56 games. And side note, he showed everyone that he can hit in that ballpark during the 2020 postseason. So I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Yes. Uh, so I mean, Rangers, I'm excited. Do more. Keep going. Do more. Keep what going. was your what was your theme last year? Just be better. Be be good. Be good. <laughs> just just, just be, be good. good. Not that hard. No, I mean if you're the Rangers, anything is going to be an improvement from last year. So just keep keep going in that direction. Yeah. Uh, the Mets, Eduardo Escobar, two years, twenty mil. Talking about a guy that can bounce around. Great fit. Great ad. The Mets seem to really draw those guys in. Yeah. They like the they like the versatile. Yeah, type player. Yeah, it's true. Um, how do I we look at keep you can keep going down these names, but we we start to look at this roster and we start to wonder who's going to play where. Then I, I mentioned it last year a little bit, and when you tinker too much, instead of giving these guys this is your slot, this is where you'll play. Um, right now I only have two guys 
and that's Frankie Lindor and, and Pete Alonso. They know where they're going to be every day. Other than that, are we going to start to see some consistency with the Mets? How does Dom Smith mix it into this? And, you know, a couple more names that you already have to, or you are yet to read off. Yeah, we got, uh, they added Mark Canna, two-year, 26 Odd mil. Odd fit. Yeah, I didn't like that fit. It it just doesn't seem like a Met. Like, you can look at the, again, this all comes down to the eye test, but, like, you can look at the need, you can look at the player, you can look at all the numbers on paper, how they match up, how they perform in a particular ballpark or in a division for that matter, but you just look at the matchup or the the pairing, if you will, and I feel like a lot of times you can just tell if it makes sense, and this one just this one's I, weird. I don't like it. I really don't. I like Marcana. Sure, yeah. Solid year last year. Deserved a little bit of a bag, but yeah, it's an odd fit. Not crazy about it. Another guy they signed, Starley Marte, four years, seventy-eight mil. Big pickup for the Mets. I do like this one. Yeah, I mean Marte could really go anywhere, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great, that's yeah. a great move. Yeah, I agree. Um, so odd man out in that outfield is it? I'm assuming Brandon Nimmo is the odd man out. I would imagine so. Yes. Cannon left, Marte in center, Dom Smith in right. Switch Dom Smith and Canna. Either way, they're going to be in the corners. Yeah. DH comes into play, potentially. True. True. Which it will. So I would go Dom Smith at DH then, if that's the case. Nimmo. Yeah, because Canna can play right. all three. Canna can bounce around if need be. Nimmo can play all three. Marte should be in center field if you're giving out that contract. Also, you want to talk about on base machine, Brandon Nimmo. I mean, that fact. Right. That, exactly. That it's just. I, and I, I agree, like, you need those guys. You need to have those guys that just, you're not going to look at the end of the year stats and say, amazing, superstar, give them all the credit. You just need those guys that do the little stuff right. I feel like Brandon Nimmo does the little stuff right. He sure does. And the last move we have to talk about here, my friend, another Mets pickup, Max Scherzer, three years, $130 million. For those keeping track at home, that's $43.33 million per year, which I said we were done with the Red Sox references. I didn't say anything about the Yankees. 20% higher than Garrett Cole's $36 million a year that he's averaging with his $324 million contract, which, I mean, good for him. It's work, uh, Clearly, it's working out in the Bronx for, for Garrett Cole. They're, they're just tearing yeah. it up out there. They're just going to ignore Trevor Bauer? How about that guy? He got over 40. Well, it says, the the article that I pulled it from, it said 20% higher than the previous mark, the 36 million Yankees Garrett Cole, Yankees pitcher Garrett Cole is averaging. Let me look at Well, that. I think it's averaging versus, I think, wasn't Trevor Bauer a little backloaded? Possibly. But he was still yeah. over 40 for the year. Um, I think, in, in my mind, I would say weird. My first gut reaction was just, this is weird. I don't like this. Odd. I hate strange. It. I mean, good for him. Like, get the bag. You've you've earned it. But for me, the fit is more so just because of his history with the Nationals. And I know that at the end of the yeah. day, that shouldn't necessarily matter for him. It's a business. I get it. But again, the eye test, the gut reaction says, I don't like seeing him in a Mets uniform in that division. I just don't. Me neither. It does take a lot of pressure off the off uh, off of Degrom though. Sure. Slide uh, Taiwan Walker into the spot. Well, it takes that pressure off of Jacob Degrom and puts all the pressure on the training staff because now that <laughs> they're going to be responsible for ruining Scherzer and Degrom's careers. Yeah, pretty much. Just strange. I don't know. I 
just seems like a land of misfit toys kind of situation. None of these none of these names make sense there, you know? By the way, Bauer was a three-year 102. One of those is over 40. It had to be backloaded. Because they came out, him and Luba came out and basically took credit for doing short time length. Short-term but contracts, high, high AAV. Yeah, they like came out and said basically took credit for it being created by right. them. Yeah, Max Scherzer definitely followed that route because he he weighed his options and said that's a much better route to take than signing a twelve year contract with the Mets at age thirty seven. <laughs> Great yeah. job, Rachel and Trevor. God, why are they still in this game right now? I, I don't understand. I'm gonna look up that Trevor Bauer contract. I mean, I just what what do you think of the fit? Is it weird? Is it is it is it going to be normal for us to see it after a while? I think so, but I think the biggest thing that Mets fans need to keep an eye on for this whole deal is how he is going to take over that clubhouse. Because he, say what you want about DeGrom, dude's a, a goat, no no denying that. But Max Scherzer is going to be the guy in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Just the way he commands a team. The Trevor way Bauer he, does not get over 40, it gets to 35. Yeah. The way he commit right and Garrett Cole at thirty six, so makes sense now. There you go. Yeah, correct in saying the previous highest mark, Garrett Cole thirty six. Mate. Anyway, Max Scherzer, the way he commands attention when he walks in a room, the way he does it when he walks in a clubhouse, the way he does it when he's on the mound, like he is the guy. And all of these shenanigans that they've had going on over the last however many years, and this whole like, oh, woe is me, I'm a Mets fan. This organization just. That's from the fan perspective, but like as a player, from the player's perspective, you're looking at going, oh, we don't really have much to look forward to here if we're the Mets. We're the, mm-hmm. the laughing stock of the league. I mean, say what you want about the Orioles, the Pirates, so on and so forth, but the Mets are the laughing stock because they're a team that I feel like year in and year out, they put at least a, a respectable team out there and they just fall flat on their faces. At a certain point, this it, they can't. No. Not with this roster. No, and if you're Max Scherzer, I don't think that those little gimmicks that were preventing them from reaching their full potential, I don't think those fly. And if they do, then that that should really speak to how lost and how far gone this organization is. Because if Max Scherzer can't come in there and clean house, not clean house in a personnel perspective, but just getting rid of that Mm -hmm. just corny culture. Yeah. Then, like, if he can't do that, then it's it's a lost cause. And so I'm really going to be curious to see how it plays out because I believe, yeah, he has an opt-out after the second year. So I'm already going to – I was thinking about it today. I think he opts out. I really do. I think he's gone. He gets a taste of it and he says, it's not worth it. It's really not. I I can get money somewhere else. I've already made my money. I don't need to put up with this, the tail end of my career. I think weird. he's gone. That's what I'm saying. I just, I don't know. It's strange to me. But uh, do you think they're done? Uh, I thought I saw a report today or yesterday that said that they were not done. Or maybe, was that the Rangers? One of the no, two. No, it was them. It was a bat and an arm. They still want to It add. was the Rangers? No, it was the it was the Mets that said that. The Mets, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean you can say that whether or not they actually follow through. We'll, do you we'll think? See, but... Do you think Cohen just goes full billionaire mode and says, dude, "Give me, I'm, give me Chris Bryant too"? I'm telling you, dude. Stevie Cohen is waking up every day, like you said, waking up every day. Can you imagine that? Moving forward, choosing violence. Can you imagine that lineup? Chris Bryant at third, 
Frankie Lindor at short, Jeff McNeil at second, Pete Alonso at first, Canna, Marte, Dom Smith, Brandon Nimmo. Rotate that however you want. And McCann you got the best the one-two punch in baseball on the mound. I mean, whoa. Oof. Like, who cares what your bullpen does? That's an all-star lineup. I think he does it. Whether it's Brian or somebody else, I think he does it. I don't think they're done. And when I say done, I'm not talking about like little minor moves here or there. I think I think Stevie pulls another another rabbit out of the hat. I think so too. As, I, I think I, another I say, splash. I say all of that to say and chalk this up as a hot take all you want. I, the Mets are still going to suck because of the Mets. <laughs> like I'm yeah. I'm I'm thrilled for Scherzer. He got the bag with the career he's had. He he's more than deserving. And the fact that he can just kind of do what he wants on his own terms, go where he wants based on his family's preferences or whatever, whatever his motivations are. I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, Marte, go get your money. Canna, Escobar, guys like that. Um, all great additions. But at the end of the day, it's the Mets, and they're still yeah. gonna suck. That's that's my. I thought I was done with the hot takes, but that's my hot take. The Met, the Mets are still gonna garbage. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. They're not gonna be garbage, but they're not gonna be good. Division still runs through Atlanta. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That division's gonna live up to the hype, though. Sure. Yeah. Well. The reason I hesitate on Atlanta is I just don't know if it'll be as convincingly in the, in a dominating fashion that maybe we think it would. Okay. I still think it does, but okay with that. maybe not as, as much as we or <laughs> Braves fans might think. I'm okay with you saying that. Well, I think that's all of the big names. I mean, sure, there's there's moves that were made here and there, but if we if we open the floodgates to talk about the the lower level moves, we'll have to be talking about everybody and we'll be here for six hours. Which, yeah. by the way, I've heard from multiple people that our podcast isn't long enough. So, isn't long enough? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, wow. I thought, I thought for sure we were, I thought we were boring the hell out of you guys. I eventually. thought we were, I thought we were well over what people wanted, but apparently not long enough. I guess, I guess the trend with a lot of podcasts, maybe even sports podcasts, going longer, going longer now. I, I don't know. Maybe we need to. Are you guys not working? Or are you just <laughs> avoiding work by listening Maybe. to us? Well, I did. Uh, I did do the Spotify Wrapped thing today. Yeah, and they have one for for podcast creators, and so they did one for for Spotify or for mm-hmm. the podcast. And they said um, it was like half of your listeners are listening to your podcast between eleven and two. So it's uh, like right smack dab in the work day. Yeah. So I'm thinking these people are just ignoring their work. Nice. Good work. Which I'm here. <laughs> yeah, great great work ignoring your work. Half the time I leave work early to record, so it's oh. all good. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying all that rest from all your rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of rest, we're about to enter into a lockout because we are now two hours and two minutes, two hours and one minute, from the from the lockout and well what's I think what's the most concerning part of this is the fact that this conversation today that went on lasted seven minutes from what yeah I not great yikes and based on what I read it sounded like the league reps walked out on the yeah player officials I don't know if the 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 words used in the reports were accurate in that sense, or if that if that arrangement of words matters. But from what I read, obviously because we're not there, we don't know. It said that the league officials 
walked out seven minutes into the meeting. So I don't know if that's a yeah. sign of where things are at or who's who's got the upper hand or what. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that means anything, but that's what we found out. So yeah, I mean we've we've got a lot up in the air. You know, we're talking universal DH. We're talking expanded playoffs. We're talking about changing arbitration and making it a quicker route to free agents for some of these guys. Uh, the the raising um, minimum salary spending for teams. There's a lot to jam into this. There's a lot to figure out, and it's. I think it's going to take a while. I don't know if we start on time. Yeah, I, I'm doubting that we do. Uh, but yeah, one of one of the things you just mentioned has been one of the biggest storyline. Well, aside from all the free agents, obviously, but in terms of the CBA and all that moving forward, one of the big storylines. Uh, as we near this lockout, has been the playoff expansion proposal. Uh, is it just me, or has this proposal been made before? Uh, like, haven't we already talked about this format? Well, seven from each we, league. We did it for COVID. We did it for twenty twenty, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, because I I definitely remember because I saw a couple keywords. Yeah. We did it for COVID, I believe. S- somewhat of this format. Did they? include the part about picking the winners for the division winners no that was not a part of the or picking your opponent rather i should say or part of the uh yeah i don't think that was a part of the format for that's what are we do what are we doing odd like this isn't this isn't middle school recess kickball dude i don't it's it's ridiculous like stop in my mind i don't think you can expand the postseason until you start with expansion teams if we start creeping into 32, 34 teams in this league, okay, I'll have that conversation. But as is, no. Maybe that's something behind the curtain that we don't know about. Maybe that's something behind closed doors that we haven't heard, is that there are teams on the horizon of you know us expanding this league. But as of right now, I don't see why. The postseason is already taken. It takes too long. It takes too long to get through. I love postseason baseball. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that we're creeping into November is just... It's no. Yeah, like we started on time this year with postseason, and we finish in November. I don't like that. I don't want anything in November. I love baseball. If I could have baseball year-round, I would. But that's just not how it's supposed to be. I mean, I think what it really comes down to, you expand the postseason, and we've talked about this before. Again, going back to the the proposals from seasons past, if you expand the postseason, depending upon how broadly you expand it, you're just – encouraging teams to not make that push because they're like, all right, well, I can skate in with 78 wins. Yeah. Yeah. And it, exactly. I mean, we see that. Who in the wants NBA. to watch that? We see it in the NBA. We see, you know, eight seeds getting in and they're a game or two under 500. What makes you think that's a, a playoff slash postseason caliber roster? It ain't, it's, it's just not something we want to watch on national television. I'm sorry. And I know we've been guilty of saying this before where it's like, well, you could, if you expand the postseason, you give teams a chance to maybe make that push. You Have you seen how owners have behaved? Do you really think that they're going to be opening up their checkbooks or no. making the moves necessary if to anything, set their, this set their team can, up? This continues to devalue the regular season. So we're going to see guys play less. We're going to see numbers go down. That's just what's going to happen. And again, I keep referring back to the NBA Everyone knows that the regular season in the NBA is a joke. No one cares. And everything the Lakers did this year of signing everyone and their mom 
the chances of a fan seeing all of them at, on the court at one time is slim. You're going to start seeing that in baseball if you start to get to this expanded postseason stuff. The regular season means less, and it's going to become frustrating, and it's going to be dumb to watch. If you uh, Stop devaluing the regular season. I don't want it that way. Not a fan of it, but for the sake of conversation, for those who have not read up on it, got a little uh, explanation here courtesy of ESPN just explaining the process if this were to be implemented. So basically what you have here, you've got the team with the best record in each league would get a buy into the best of five division series. The remaining two division winners would get to pick their wildcard opponent from the bottom three wildcard teams. The division winner with the second best record would pick first, then the number three seed in the league would pick its opponent from the final two wildcard teams. The wildcard team with the best record would play the wildcard team that wasn't picked by a division winner. Once matchups are set, the higher seeded teams would host all three games in a best of three wildcard round. Winners in the wildcard round would advance to the division series and the playoffs would continue as they have in the past. I hate that. I hate it. Picking a team? That's where it stops for me. Like I once I one once you hit the whole yeah, they pick their opponent, everything after that is just it's white noise to me. Picking your opponent, what is this? You should have zero say, zero control. Oh, it's the worst, dude. This is the worst. This is like like you said, some dodgeball slash kickball slash middle school recess, man. I mean, this is terrible. Terrible. I want no part of that. Well, no part of it. Speaking of something else that's terrible, this uh <laughs> this ball scandal that I Oof. don't honestly think is getting enough love or attention. Oof. Like we're just gonna brush this under the rug like it's nothing. What Yeah. Be distracted by the big contracts CBA. All I gotta say though is somebody in the players union had to have been behind this because the timing the of this. Oh, abs- the timing was impeccable. To your point. There's no coincidence with that. No coincidence at all. Make the league look bad. And in just about every other situation, when there's like a suspiciously timed leak, I'm always like, okay, really? We gotta yeah. we gotta go there. But for this, because it makes Manfred and, and company look bad. I'm all for it. So, with that said, Nate, Major League Baseball came out and admitted, acknowledged that they used two different types of baseballs last year, and they they claimed that it was because of the effects of the pandemic for, I think they said, production issues or something. They didn't have the type. They didn't have enough of of the supply of baseballs that they needed for this season. So there was like an excess that they slid in unbeknownst to the players which was the shadiest part of it for me it's like you're not even you're not going to tell players you're not going to tell officials you're not going to tell coaching staffs what and you're doing you're admittedly doing it for the non-popular games they came out and said basically agreeing saying yeah like no one's watching the rangers and the royals let's just go ahead and give the balls to that game that won't bounce that won't go for it well, in the Business Insider article that this whole thing broke from, did they come out and say something? Because in the article that I read, the the I, I can't remember the guy who wrote it, um, but was basically speculating in there about you could look at this through two different lenses. You could say, sure, nobody's watching these games. Let's just slide these in there because nobody's. I think be- the source. I think the source was was quoted saying that. That's what the article said. It was quoting uh, okay. the source. That is anonymous, 
that basically said, yeah, the league said let's send balls to these games because no one's watching anyway. Right, but then I think later in the article it was it was speculating from the other set from the other perspective where you could say, well, we could really draw some attention to these games that people don't necessarily watch, put butts and seeds, raise revenue or increase mm-hmm. revenue. I mean, you could look at it both ways. I would like or. I I would probably think that knowing the league and how they operate, they probably deferred to the the former of those two. But I think it's just a slap in the face of how strict the league is on what players can and can't do. And we're talking substances, and we're talking you know all this types of stuff that it it's just somewhat hypocritical for for them to do this shady stuff, not tell anyone about it. And you're like, what? You're you're fighting for the integrity of the game by saying certain players can't do these certain th- things and you're altering the integrity of the game by admitting that you're incorporating balls that aren't of regulation. It's so hypocritical and it's hor- it's a big big black smear across MLB. I mean, one of the first questions that has to be asked here when there's any when there's any forfeiture of integrity with anything like this or related to this where the league kind of puts their nose where it doesn't belong. How does this affect contracts for guys? Like, are guys right. losing Injuries. out on money? Injuries. Injuries. Stats. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that there's a big ripple effect. What I think needs to happen is I think a, a third party needs to step in. There needs to be a third party that handles a lot of this stuff. MLB shouldn't be allowed to own Rawlings. I think that's ridiculous. To be able to alter the baseball however they want, depending on certain situations, changing it year after year. There needs to be a third party that takes over that is legally not allowed to be sold to either side. I agree. And I saw something, too. It may have also been in that article, too, where they were talking about having a third party present at all games to where there's there's some management of the balls pregame, management yeah. of them in-game, and ensuring that everything lines up. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't see how it's that difficult. I don't see how it is either. I think it needs to be more, it, it needs to be important. It needs to be prioritized. Um, I don't know how specific you have to get it because we are talking about a lot of variables and factors that change from game to game, field to field. You know, there's certain crews that cut their, their infield a little bit shorter, you know, knowing that their infielders have better range or maybe they have hitters that hit a lot of ground balls and they know that. We can sneak a couple extra hits in there, so we're going to cut the infield a little bit shorter. I don't know if you consider that kind of sketchy or a little different. I don't know if that needs to be regulated. I don't know if you know bases are being treated differently. But when we're talking about a universal thing across the board, the baseball is the most universal <laughs> thing we use, and it needs to be the same. That is the common den- denominator of all of this. Keep it the same. Stop messing with it. Stop changing it. Leave it alone. Stop. I'm all for the home field advantage of infielders asking their grounds crew to maybe let the grass grow a little longer to kind of give them that extra split second or cut it shorter because they want a more smoother transition, blah, blah, blah. I'm all for that. That's just home field advantage, whatever you want to chalk it up as or chalk it up to. I'm, I'm fine with that. But like you said, the ball, the thing that all of these guys are using yeah. Regardless what ballpark they're playing in, that is the common denominator, and that is what needs to be consistent. Yeah, and it changes every year. There's something about the baseball every year. No other sport do we hear this. 
No other sport. Footballs don't change. Hockey pucks don't change. Soccer balls don't change. Stop. Leave it alone. If home runs go up, okay. If strikeouts go up, okay. The game needs to change internally. You can't just cheat and change the ball because it doesn't fit your narrative. It's ridiculous. Leave it alone. That's why a third party needs to step in. There needs to be some type of mediating, a mediator going and saying, I'm grabbing this and you can't touch it. Either side. Fight amongst the rules. Fight with the, with the dollars being spent. I don't care, but you're not touching the baseball. This is the way it is. If you want to raise your fences, if you want to scoot your fences back, whatever. I don't care. You're not touching this. The humidor, the not humidor. I, stop, dude. Sticky stuff being added. I don't care. Find something and sit there and keep it that way. That's it. No mas. Well, that about do it. We, I feel like it's Friday now. We lived up to the wishes of our listeners, or some, that wanted it to be longer. We are we are real deep. Yeah. But on that note, great uh, great little segue here. Uh, we are now officially in December, which means we are uh, hopefully in the month of interviews. We've already got uh, two in the hopper that we're going to be dropping in the coming weeks. Just some, and bear with us too. It's not going to be your, your traditional player interview, at least in the early goings of these interviews. We may add some, some interviews later on. Uh, but we just have some unique yeah. people in the sport yeah. that we've got lined up for you, and I'm excited for you guys to be able to listen to him. Um, but with that said, uh, next week will be the first one, uh, and then, like I said, we've got a second one, so that'll be the week after, and then hopefully we can just um, be adding to that list of interviews as the the off season continues because, honestly, we don't know when the season's going to start. And right. I mean, we could we could be going at this forever and there just wouldn't be much happening. So if we can at least bring you interviews, bring you content each week, bring you a little bit of value, then that's what we're going to do. Because eventually the the well is going to run dry if this thing drags out too long. So exactly. Yeah. Holidays coming around. Um, who knows when we're starting on time, if we're starting on time. So. There's only so much we can talk about, guys. So we just honestly, we got to give you some some different stuff. We got to expand your horizon a little bit. You're gonna meet and hear people that you haven't really maybe gotten a chance to learn about, um, and it's all related to baseball. So don't stress too much. It'll be fun. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we're we're gonna keep the content coming. We're uh, we're kind of at a at a turning point here with the podcast. We got some things in the works, some things that we're gonna try to implement. Uh, some different content ideas we've been spitballing over the last number of weeks and months. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if there's stuff that you guys want to see, stuff that you guys want us to try out, shoot us a message, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up with an email, whatever, uh, and we will do our best to write us a letter. Write us a letter, honestly. Hand delivered if you want. Like we'll give you our address if if you check the uh, back if you pass the background check. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you that info, but, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe. Um, I'm trying to think we got, got our bases covered. I hope so. We're like an hour and 45 minutes into this bad We're boy. We're deep. We're real deep. <laughs> think that's all I got, man. Cool. Well, folks, you know the drill in baseball and in life. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all. And as always looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon until next time. Stay filthy.